And we're live. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. We have to hire somebody to like do a, an intro or a jingle, and then we won't have these awkward, whatever it is. Well, we still will, but there'll at least be music over it. So this is the post rain delay, pre post game, yeah, podcast. We could not have picked better timing. The first close Cub game that they might actually win, and we're talking through it. But that's fine. Oh, I wanted to uh, give everybody, especially you, um, <clears throat> a glimpse into our um, demographics of the po- of podcast subscribers. Oh, oh, God. Now, most of our, well, we're international, and most of our listeners are from the United States. But what do you, what country do you think is second at 2% of our listeners? Japan. No, it's in. Um, well, no, don't no, give me any. Oh, hint. sorry. It's not Japan. Um, it's not Canada. Mm. We don't have anybody from Canada. Okay. We have a list of like 12 countries, and Canada's not one of them. So okay. fuck those um, poutine-loving bastards. They're, uh, they're, all, they're all in there, though. Uh, Dominican Hockey Republic. Night. They don't Dominican care about Republic. us. Is it the Dominican? Yeah. This, uh, this country is not what you would think of as a uh, baseball, country? baseball hotbed. Wait, uh, can I say Puerto Rico? That's not <laughs> in the United States, right? Right. Uh, um uh okay. say them a lot when you talk about it <laughs> how about um how about uh uh germany you're getting warmer okay but it's uh, colder italy oh it's colder okay um norway very very close sweden yes we Ooh. are huge with the swedes for some reason <sighs> that only took me what five guesses yeah. This is a great way to start a baseball podcast. By it me. is. With, hey, guess who listens to us? And people are home are like, well, not me anymore. <laughs> as they click it off. <laughs> yeah, it would be great if we had like a heat map of the world. And we just saw the two. <laughs> yeah, you could just two see everybody clicking off. Link off. <laughs> uh, I'd like that. Okay. So um, the Cubs are um, dangerously close here to uh, winning more than one game in a week. For the um, first time this year. The Cubs have won without me being at a game. <laughs> Congratulations. Right. Very good. That might have been a bad omen. <laughs> Not even Will Omen, just a bad omen <laughs> in general. Will Omen was the worst omen, though. Yeah. He was more he was a worse omen than Damien. <laughs> he now I like to when I think back about Cub players, everyone kind of blends together. Oh, and then remind me that I have a story. I met, I met my mom for uh, lunch today, and I have a good story related. And your to mom, that. of course, is married now to Will Oman. To Will Oman, no. yes. Um, so I just kind of have, um, you know, for like those old bad middle relievers that didn't really make an impact. Like I, I have a picture in my head of Will Oman that just it just went from his lips straight down to his chest, and it just kind of. He didn't have a chin, right? It just sort of melted <laughs> straight back from his yeah. lips into his chest. Okay, then I think I'm picturing the right guy. So this, my, I was, I was just talking to my mom, and we were talking about how bad the Cubs are. She's a big Cub fan, and she, she God bless her. I love her to death. And she was like, um, she's like, oh, and she's like, you know who I don't really like care that much for. And I, I agree with her on this. Of 
personality wise. She's like, like Ryan Sandberg, like why did they pick him <laughs> to be like this? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. He's he's kind of a drip. He doesn't really have personality. She's like, yeah. She's like, because you think about like Ryan Sandberg and like Ernie Banks, and then like Ryan Dempster. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Wait, oh god i'm like why why do you say why are those why are you conflating those three or putting those th- three in the same sentence and she was talking about them being because is dempster's title ambassador of the cubs or some bullshit title yeah it's a the senate had to confirm him oh cool it's an official um, cub ambassador to so new guinea but that's what she was saying and i was like oh that's the only time she said it now i've said it that those three should ever be mentioned in the same sentence ever again, except, yeah, except at some point they're going to be like, well, those three guys are all dead. <laughs> so was that, was that the story or is there also a story? That, now? That, no, that's that was it. All right. Well, that was worth it. I'm set. not a storyteller. So, um, Matt Spiegel is now hosting. Oh, apparently yeah. the, the score apparently is, is, has kicked Barry Rosner officially to the curb now. They won't use it for anything. So Spiegel is hosting the he hosts the Saturday show, whatever the hell that is, with Bruce Levine. And then he's got a Sunday morning one. And he's gonna have a rotating group of co-hosts. And the first one was our buddy Ryan Dempster. Is Spiegel not on weekdays anymore? No, it's for about a year now he's been off. But I have I don't you're not I- you're you're not alone in people who aren't listening to them. Yeah, I, I don't think I've listened to sports radio a, across the board since I would say 2013, maybe 2014. <laughs> like yeah. I, I had one of those moments. I was driving home from something, and I just had one of those moments of clarity where I'm like, why am I listening to these dumbasses take calls from even dumber asses when like I could be listening to a book on tape? And so <laughs> that, Right, you could be educating yourself. Yeah, I, I literally did. I went from six seventy the score to like that um, the Learning Company series. <laughs> I listened to one on like extraterrestrial life. Then I listened to one on like the evolution of language. I was like, this is a much better use of my time. Yeah. I like I listen to a lot of uh, Danielle Steele and oh, um, and uh, Joan Collins' sister, mm-hmm. whatever that is, Susan, whatever she is. So anyway, I I I I literally listened to. I got I I went running. I got in the car. Six seventy was still on, so I listened. Running if you had a car, well, I'd run out of gas. <laughs> and uh, I hear it's like, oh, there's speak. Oh, that's right, Dempster's on. So I'm as I'm reaching uh-huh. to change it to anything else, he says something about um, he's, they're talking about collapses, and he's like, oh yeah, you know that kind of happened to us in two thousand four. How far away is your radio from your steering column that you have to that he got a whole sentence? Well, on? I've I've had a stroke, <laughs> and I my right arm, this mm-hmm. one doesn't work anymore, mm-hmm. so I couldn't reach over and touch it. Hey, maybe you can be in the Cub bullpen. But I very nearly drove off the road in rage <laughs> because I'm like, oh. yeah, I remember that. You were a pretty big part of that, Ryan, mm-hmm. in maybe the most infamous choke game ever. Mm-hmm. The eventual Victor Diaz oh, three-run true. homer that all started yeah. because old Ryan couldn't throw a strike to start the inning, and Latroy, who I loathe, had to pitch for like the fourth day in a row and gave up a three-run homer to that piece of crap. 
I vividly remember that because I was following that game on my phone in Notre Dame Stadium watching Notre Dame get waxed by Purdue. Mm. I th- someone fact checked me on that, but I think those were I think that was the game that I was at, and I think we lost. Well, so John Greenberg did a sports radio survey on the athletic. And um there's a lot of what? contradictory he just asked people, what do you listen to? Who do you listen to? Why who do you hate listen to? Which was everybody. Oh, a sport! I thought you meant like a rate, like a like an auditory survey. I was like, "I'm oh, never mind." Yeah, go on. Um, so there was sorry, distracted by Jason Hayward trying to drop a fly ball in the rain. Um, I hate that you're like a minute ahead. Yeah, of I'm way ahead. Oh God, there's a home run they lost. <laughs> It'll take you a minute before you see that they didn't. There, one of the things I noticed, because I filled out the survey myself, and one thing I noticed was I still listen to this. When I listen to sports radio, and I don't listen to as much as I used to, I pretty much only listen to it like at lunchtime. feels like that's when I'm, you know, if I'm stuck in the car, when that's what I should listen to. A digest teeth to really keep right. that down. Yeah. Um, I realized that I listen to the score more than I do AM1000, and I don't like any of the shows on the score. None of them. You like any of them on AM one thousand? Um, I like, I like Waddle and Sylvie. I actually, yeah, I do like those guys. I I don't like how grab assy they and are. I I also them. like um the Tom Izzo show that I think it's Izzo and Company. He's on all the time. Kaplan sometimes is on it. Oh no, that's right. It's just Kaplan. He just always has Tom Izzo on. And if you remember the last time you and I. And Chuck went on Sports Central yeah. before they canceled it. Who did we get stuck in the green room for like a half hour because Cap wouldn't stop talking to Tom Izzo? That's true. Um, but anyway, there's a little hope. The one guy I do like is Lawrence Holmes. And yeah. they they moved around all the shifts so that he's now on from noon. He just has a little two-hour show from noon to two. And so that's who I can see. And now he does the Madden interview, which is much better than listening to Fucking Dan Bernstein and Connor McKnight try to you know try to sound you know I don't hate Connor McKnight but I will always loathe Dan Bernstein well, by association yeah exactly so um, is Lawrence Holmes uh, he's black <laughs> okay good I'm glad you said that so well I thought that's what you were asking I could say this without being racist um, <laughs> is he the guy that moved to Atlanta for a while for a couple no of that years? was Jason Goff see I am a he got bit. screwed. And then he came back, though, right? He came back, and um, him and Spiegel were on at the at middays, and then they Ugh. then they moved guys around, and they put him on with um, Bernstein, and he took he replaced Terry Boris. Oh, and then that they couldn't have that, so then um, they brought Dan McNeil back because everybody's just clamoring to hear. Dan I McNeil. knew he was coming back. I didn't realize for that. Um, he got Spiegel- tired of selling Fords. <laughs> and so they brought him in. To, that's the what he was Spiegel, doing. He was selling trucks. Does Spiegel still have the little soul patch, like disgusting soul patch? Oh, I'm sure he does. Okay, I guess it's a he's got a face for radio. So this this is more quality podcasting. Yeah, we should really get to something doing some. a half ass thing. <laughs> well, it's a rain delay. So I I podcast. a smart guy would title these podcasts after we do them, but it asks for one before, so I do it anyway. And so okay. the one. Today is what if they're just bad? Okay, so that's our topic. Because what if they're just bad? I don't think they are, but what if they are? Because okay, it's been 
it's been bad so far. Yeah. They're literally their two best hitters who combined to help get the lead tonight. Jason Hayward and Victor Caratini. Yeah. And that's oh. not good. So baseball is a, is such a cool kind of tricky game like that. Now, I know the Mariners have been building for a while, but Yeah, but then they tore it all down. Right. And now they're better. Exactly. That's at what least I'm for now. That's what I'm saying. Like so they but they've put a lot of work into the franchise for good or for bad. And yes, they've like built they've got and but they probably shouldn't be playing at this level right no. now, just like the Cubs obviously shouldn't be playing at this level. It it's I, I mean, I guess that's probably why baseball's such a cool kind of kind of fascinating sport. Cause you're never I mean, unless you're the Cubs right now, you're never truly out of it unless your bullpen's in it. But I don't know. Like I it's it's not the end of the world, you guys. Even if they are play at this at this level the entire year, okay, that's a lost season. That sucks. We're one year closer to I th- I saw your countdown on Decipio to Bryant being gone. But like <laughs> but like I don't know. I, I what one of the things that I would like to start seeing from the Cubs to kind of turn some hope around because like, it's really neat watching these position players come up and play, play to a high level. When what's the last starting pitcher that came up from the Cubs system and has had good success with the Cubs. Uh, is it Carlos? Probably. Zambrano. I was actually going to try and take you back to Terry Mulholland, even though he didn't come <laughs> no, up. It, he doesn't count. He didn't come up. Yeah, of course not. But yeah, I, that's that's honestly the name that sticks out of my head, like a pretty dominant pitcher. I mean, protracted career of Kerry Wood, I guess. But like, I mean, he's he's even pre Zambrano, right? But even yeah, right. So if even if you include Kerry, Carlos right. would be after him. Yeah, it's a it's amazing that they won. By the way. Yep, four and eight now. <laughs> Yay. Halfway there. Damn. Okay. Um finally won a series. So that's that's a that's disconcerting because like I for because for one, were I a manager or, or, or a, an owner, I would never offer more than three years to any starting pitcher. I would grossly overpay for starting pitching in short protract. I'd be like what do you want to make for your career? I'll give you that, but I'm giving to you over three years because like, it's such a crapshoot for starting pitching. And well, that's the Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah. So you're saying I'm as good of a GM as Jerry Reinsdorf. Thank you so much. But like, well, he's the owner. Owner. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I don't know. I, it, it it would be nice. And it like, and I look of course, Lester was a home run, arguably their greatest free agent home run. But look at to this point how you has turned out. Like Chatwood, like it's it's. Mar- Let's go back to Jason Marquis and guys like that. And I know Marquis actually kind of did what they expected him to do and just throw. But like, it's such it's such a crapshoot and it could get so expensive. And like, it would be nice to it would be nice to see a little bit stronger pipeline of starting pitchers. Yeah, I mean, I think off the top of my head, the last two good free agents they've signed, pitch, starting pitchers, were Lester and Ted Lilly. Yeah, true. And so that was... You're not counting Edwin Jackson? Well, I should go without saying. I mean, that was quality. What about... Oh, Dempster. He just signed with the A's again. 
Did he really? Yeah, he's sent him to triple A and work his way back up. Mm. Um was Dempster a free agent? I can't even remember. Yes. Um he'd had he caught Tommy John disease. That's right. And they they rehabbed with the Reds? Reds. Is that right? He'd been with the Marlins and went to the Reds or some and then they they got him and they rehabbed him for a whole year. He came back at the end of 04 and didn't help. And then I don't know that the plan he, I, he was, I'm sure he was an accidental closer. I don't think that was the idea. No. And then he closed for a couple years. And then Lou was like, all right, that's enough of this shit. Yeah. And um, remember he was going to make him a starter during the season? And whatever year that was? Like all of a sudden one day he's like, ah, ah, we're going to start him. And then I'm, he changed his mind the next day. I'm hoping he was just trying to break him at that point. Like, um, He's like, okay, so if I start him, I only have to look at him once a week? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I mean, this is gross to say, but Dempster is probably actually up there for that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you figure he he was a competent closer sometimes. Yeah. And he won 18 games, right, in 08 before he completely crapped all over himself in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, no, the, the whole pitching thing is – it's the root of their problems is that they can't – it's amazing. They have not developed a single reliable pitcher during this entire – Theo, Jed, Jason McLeod, regime, nobody. And that, and, yeah. and a couple of those drafts, they basically just took pitchers. Like, oh, we know we got position players, yeah. so we're going to draft pitchers. And, yeah, you know, not even a not even a, a middle reliever. They haven't developed that's anybody. Like, How that's, is that even possible? Right. And it looked like it was going to be Edwards. Well, but he's – even if he worked out, he was a trade. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I don't know. I forget if he'd seen major league. I mean, same. No. Strong. I mean, people – some people count – Hendricks because he hadn't pitched in the big leagues before he got to the Cubs. Oh, that's true. But you know, I, I, you, they get some credit. They picked him. Although the only reason they got him was because this is the Ryan Dempster podcast. Yeah, exactly. Was because Dempster refused to go to the yeah. Barbs for because they, um, they, they don't did a trade. Did a trade, yeah. Um, for Randall Delgado, and then then they got Kyle Hendricks instead. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. sure. Randall Elgato probably would have gone the route in game seven. We wouldn't have needed Lester and a Roldis and then I take it back. Strope was Jason what's his name? Strope. How they Strope? Got, how they got they got Strope and um He came Boston. with uh yeah, with Jake Arietta. Arietta, oh shit, yeah. Kind yeah. of a good trade. One of yeah. the yeah, Jesus. One of the cup trades that kind of worked out. Yeah. So do you think that this that the pitching thing is because like I Speaking of the devil, like I look at it, Arietta and a strope guys that actually now are, are those guys that just happen to figure it out in the cub organization, or are those guys that actually benefited from whatever the cubs are doing? And if that's the case, why yeah. hasn't it benefited everyone? Well, Pedro had had one really good year in Baltimore, yeah. Then he was horrible the year they made the trade. And I think yep. Dan Duquette just got tired of him. Right. Jake, they kept sending him down, bringing him back up. Basio, I think, really did fix Jake. What he made he basically they I think they fixed him by just letting him pitch the way he yeah. had in college, yeah. where the Orioles were trying to change him. Um so, so but I don't know. I mean they get obviously they get credit for all those guys that you know they brought in and all of a sudden were better than they had been. But it's the the biggest problem they have right now, payroll wise, is that 
they had to go out and get Darvish and they had to get Chatwood and they have to, and, and they, they can't just go to the minors and get a, get a reliable reliever to help when Moro's hurt or whoever, you know, they're, they're still bringing up scrap heap guys like Alan Webster and whichever Ryan they have. Um, and that's not buddy. Yeah. Buddy or Rex <laughs> ladies, keep your shoes on or Rex won't throw, be able to throw a strike. Ugh. Well, they did have to budget out all that for repainting the numbers on the seats or whatever yeah. the hell they did there. Um, You'll be happy to know that uh, Crane Kenny made an appearance tonight in the booth. To um, I think it was really to talk about all the wonderful improvements to the park, but instead he took credit for moving the game up by a half hour tonight to beat the rain. Oh, and then great they, job. How long yeah, was the rain delay? Then they had a rain delay anyway and then still finished the game. So thanks, Crane. <laughs> well, thank God it was a win at least. <laughs> um, But I guess – so you pitched a little bit in your – I mean, obviously not. A I did. Okay. So I'm not, I've never pitched and I'm angry at my father for never making me pitch since I'm left-handed, but, um, cause I could still be on this roster, but, um, I, so I, I guess I don't know like how I was thinking about this the other day, like, <laughs> I, and I'm probably going to do a bit about this and there a sketch about this, but, um, it's very funny to me, the idea of like, Madden as a coach, yes, the guy that puts together the lineup on all that stuff. But like, I just think back to little league and like, or spring training for these guys. I'm like, he's not like. I feel like they're at this point. It's kind of the the cows out of the barn, and it's not like you're like, hey, I'm teaching you how to feel the ground ball, <laughs> or like I'm teaching you how to how to throw your hands at the baseball at at the plate. Like it, it's and and I know that there's like little tweaks and things that they can see in their technique. But like at a certain point, I feel like this. All these coaches, I'd love Joe Madden because, but that's a different thing—the the strategic part yeah. of the team and, and putting together lineups and all that stuff. But like, are any of these fucking coaches doing anything for these guys? <laughs> honestly, I mean, we we should do an entire podcast where well, it's just things that are horribly overrated in baseball. Right, pitching coach, hitting coach, chemistry, spin rate, <laughs> pitch framing. If I hear that one more fucking time, it's like, yes, these things, I understand that the idea behind that is these teams are so close talent-wise that if you can get a couple of things, if you can get an edge in something, that might be the difference between winning 92 games and 94 games. And maybe you, maybe you, not the wild card, but they act like, um, well, you know, Wilson, yeah, if he could if he could frame a pitch, you know, the team's ERA wouldn't be seven, it'd be three. It's like, no, it would be six point nine eight. That's what it would be. Don't don't you think a little bit of that is people trying to catch lightning in a bottle like the money ball? Like they want to yes. be the next Billy B. That's exactly what it is. And and, and, just- and there are writers who are writing with an idea that they would they want to write about all this stuff and because some of them have gotten hired to work in front offices that they're like look at this and i see this and you know it's they're almost like their articles become like a resume like look how smart i am about this it's like you know for god's sakes it's i understand that there is i i I believe that all of that has some level of importance i but i believe that that level of importance is not nearly as high as they want you to believe it is. For sure. Uh, for sure. Um, 
That when you say resume, that reminds me of when Bob Brenly was basically openly advocating to get himself hired again as a manager. Yep. And it's that, but his resume was like one of the ones written in crayon on a napkin that he was handing out. Um, did you see? Uh, oh, we have we do have a couple things to talk about about the old Cubbies. Oh, sorry, I said Cubbies, everyone. Um, did you see the uh, picture of the thermostat in the booth where poor Lance yes. Bob was sitting? <laughs> what in the hell is wrong with this franchise? That's I why if I, if I were if if I were Lennon, JD, and Crane came and sat next to me, that would have been five minutes of, all right, buddy, when are you actually going to fix what this crap? Yeah. You know, the working conditions for um, for the TV and the radio crews and the wags in the press box. <sighs> I swear, I, I, every Gordon tweet gives me douche chills anyway. But the word wag, just, <laughs> it's like, just knock it off. If that's your shtick, that's not a good shtick. Try something oh. else. Like yeah. maybe, you know, maybe a different line of work. But yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, it's amazing that they, you know, it's funny. Most teams try to make it a pleasant experience for most businesses who have like a public relations department. Try to make it pleasant for the media to come learn more about them and help them promote their product. It seems like the Cubs have actively tried to make sports writers suffer. <laughs> well, it's yeah. That can you imagine? any other profession where like they're like hey here sit here for four hours it's 30 degrees in this in this room it's it's ridiculous what and and i was i i gave the ricketts family probably a lot more rope than they deserved but they are um i i'm I don't want to be like an L and be like, they need to do something now. But like, I'm, I'm now the, on the other side of it where people, if they trash the rigots, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad they won a world series. Well, and they didn't win the world series, but like, I'm glad that I got to see the Cubs win a world series. And I don't think that would have happened under tribune ownership, but what have you done for me lately? There are, there are a fair amount of people who will, and I think you have to, I'm going to say this the way I think it is. They, I think you have to choose to like them. I think they've gotten to a point now where you have yeah, to decide, right. I'm going to like them, even in spite of all this despicable right. I'm crap. I'm going to ignore their politics. And I'm going to but if you that. take, that's a really, that's a relatively small portion of Cub fans now. It's amazing how quickly they spent the goodwill that they should have been able to dine out on forever. Right. They're the ownership that finally won a world, yep. uh, the unthinkable. They won a World Series with the Cubs. We're not even three years later. Yep. And all people want to talk about is what a bunch of schmucks, you know, yep. not even schmucks. They're schnooks. They're, 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 they're not, they're rifters, essentially. They, they have, they should have had another 105 years of goodwill built up at mm-hmm. this point because we were still going to watch those goddamn teams um, and, and, you know, willing them to win. I mean, um, they sh- they should have been able to be at a part where Todd's great great grandson was sending yeah. whatever kind of electronic message to be sending in the future Mind to me. to one to, to his grandpa, complaining that the kids on the uh, you know the kids on the playground weren't going to know 
that he owned as much of the Cubs as his brother. I, I, we're, I, we're well past that now. I want to quickly get back to the um, the booth because I, I feel like we some people that are listening to this might – I don't know how you would find your way to this podcast unless you were at least as active on Twitter as I am. Or you live in Sweden. <laughs> or you're Swedish. It's where the, this um, is the national podcast of Sweden. <laughs> Next week, behind me, tulips, wooden shoes, and windmills. <laughs> all it's gonna be it'll be on location next week that's holland right <laughs> whatever my, my wife's swedish and i oh this stupid little painted horses that's is that swedish enough for you blonde women and yeah painted horses sure um painted ladies painted ladies and i think isn't that the o with the line through it and two dots above it and that might be i don't know anyhow so um but j- just in case you guys didn't see the story there was a um a sign a sign from 1945 posted in the box that I get, I get trying to preserve history for the team. And that's interesting. That was the last time the Cubs had been to the world series until obviously the the, the 2016, but the, the bottom of the sign said (laughs) it was a press box sign. Like, I don't know if it was regular, but the bottom, the important part would said no women allowed. It had a a pink poodle on it. Yeah. And it said, no women allowed. And, some, and apparently that was nostalgia. Yeah. Some, you know what? And it would have been, it, it probably would have been inexcusable in any context, but like you could have literally, if you really wanted to preserve that stagia, st- that nostalgia, just lop off the bottom of the sign or be like, Hey, now that we're buying up all this property around here, let's set up a museum and point out that like, Hey, baseball wasn't always great. Remember when we had like colored fountains and like white people fountains? Like, acknowledge because yes, that is a an important. Well, it's important to remember that we were fucking idiots, but like to to intentionally hang that and and I've I God bless Carrie for all the shit that I gave her and she she put up with it and never blocked me on Twitter and God bless her because it was it was all in good fun and I was frankly making more fun of the Cubs fans than her. But like, what a shitty thing for her to walk into and see that some, and, and not not for her to have to go back and see in 1945 that there was that intolerance, but to know that somebody that week had hung that without a second. Well, either a na- is a nasty person and didn't. I hate to say nasty person because of the connotation of that, but like hang that and 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 not think. This is not like a oh, am I allowed to say that that guy's a black person? Like it's not something like that where you're where you're just not sure. It's just fucking blatantly ignorant, and it's and that's very disheartening that there that there is anyone that has access to that press box and the Cub organization that thinks that that was okay. Well, so it's, shame on you. It's just another in a law in an unceasing line of public relations blunders. Mm-hmm. And they're always self-imposed. They were self-inflicted, mm-hmm. all of them. I mean, it, how long did it take him to figure out that, hey, don't throw things away in the dumpster behind Wrigley where the <laughs> sports writers wait for guys to come out at the end of the season and they're going to see all the crap you're throwing away. <laughs> I mean, it's like the, the, anything political they've managed to botch yep. over the years. But one good thing is I think because of this, the the very poorly handled incident with the with that press box sign, they're now seriously reconsidering um, their initial plan to have Len and JD broadcast the game on Jackie Robinson Day in blackface. 
They might not do that now. Well, I thought I thought the the press box thing was actually part of their grand reorganization of the seats plan. And they were just going to have an all women press box and an all men press box at this point. I'm I'm surprised they don't sell. I haven't made that a club. And you can just mingle with the sports writers during the game. Drink some $40, you know, mixed drinks and sit in between Bruce Miles and sit between the Bruces. You get to sit between Bruce Miles and Bruce Levine. Bruce Levine. And um, it's, they do this. That's the other thing I don't get. You know, they do all this stuff. They So Crane comes on and he talks about all these, basically all these places rich people can piss away their money in Wrigley. That's what it's all about. Oh, they, the brand new, the very nice. Yeah, they, they added the one club where now you have to to get from one side of the grandstand to the other. You have to go on a catwalk behind Wrigley and come back around because they stuck a club where the walkway was before. And they don't seem to understand. or it, It's not they don't understand. And they're not that stupid. They don't care. They don't care that they spent the whole offseason claiming they don't have any money. And they then opening that. day comes around and it's look at all the new ways you can spend money here. Yeah, that's very true. And I don't know. I, I haven't looked at. I haven't bothered looking at ticket prices at Wrigley, but I'm certain they went up from last year. I'm guessing whatever percentage they decided was acceptable. Well, I'm sure they did. So I, I don't. I don't know that. I, I think. I think we we committed to another couple to go to one at least one like Friday afternoon game at Wrigley. That might be all for me this year. I'll watch them, and I'll probably like a schmuck subscribe in 2020 or whatever it is when the network comes out. But the, but you're right. It is very. It's a very strange position to be in three years removed from a World Series and to be this disheartened as a Cubs fan because, like, I wasn't this disheartened this, this disheartened in 2006. I was just like angry, but like, but like, um. Well, oh. in some ways, the faceless corporate was better ownership. Yeah, you didn't you didn't have four people that you were yeah. like, Ugh, you know, yeah. why can't you guys get your shit together? Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, well, I'm not gonna. You won't need a hint for this. Um, the the place we went for for dinner with this other couple that <laughs> Kelsey was facing me, and there was a TV behind me. She's like, "Oh, Cubs trivia." She's like. Who is the last Cub to steal 40 bases? I'm sure you know this. Well, I didn't. I well, I oh, I, was blocked, I had blocked it out. Was that on TV here? Okay. I got it in a heartbeat because of my severe hatred for this person. Yeah. Well, as soon as I heard it, I went, Ugh. Oh, so they did say it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, it was on it was it was beer money. Oh, got it. Okay. And the guy guessed um Sammy Sosa. But it was partially that was Stuckmeyer's fault because the guy goes, "Well, Sammy was forty forty. and Stuckmeyer goes, "Well, yeah, but this was before that." Well, no, Sammy was thirty thirty. He wasn't ever forty forty. Um, well, and also, and then he said Juan Pierre, and I went, "No, for fuck's sakes." Juan Pierre would have been after Sammy anyhow, right? Right. So, and and kudos to Kelsey. Her, she had a very, I thought, a pretty solid guess. She guessed Baez, and I'm like, I think he had. Didn't he have like thirty? Maybe yeah, I'm way over. Yeah, I feel like he had about thirty. I'm like, I'm gonna look this up. Talk amongst yourself, please. Yes, I will talk amongst myself. Fine, among yourself, among between amongst. yourself. Um, I thought it was Ronnie Cedeno. That would have been my guess. 
Um, okay. Yeah, they had some doozies. I. They actually have like rain delay oh, themed no. beer money now. I guess it's pretty smart because right. that's pretty much the only time anybody ever sees it. He only had twenty one. I take it back. But, but is that the most he's ever had? Yes. But first, I mean, unless you're cute. so he's not even close. Then <laughs> he's still fifty one total in his career. Um, but if they he had done that all in one year, then he would have been the answer. <laughs> I feel that was last year though, and I feel like for a slugger, that's some pretty damn good base stealing. How many does Rizzo have in a season? Four. What so I say? have a I have a I have a theory about um, Chris Bryant. That he's going to leave? The th- the third game of the year he played left in Texas, and he ran into the wall. And he hasn't hit where there's shit since then. You think and I wonder right? if he hurt himself again. I don't think it's bad, but I wonder. I remember watching it going, oh, great, he's not going to hit another home run for three months. And he hasn't done anything since then. He actually he should have had a double or a triple tonight, but uh, – you know, Melky Cabrera is still playing uh-huh. Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, Melky uh, rolled his fat ass over in the corner and made a nice catch. But Chris has been um, rather uninspiring. Of late. Although Rizzo's not yeah. in either, and he's not hurt. He's just... So that, that's actually what I was looking up right now. So what do you... I guessed four. What do you think Rizzo's career high? Careers, oh, career doing? high in stolen bases. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Can't be much more than that. I'll say five. That's what I would have guessed. But it's 27 when he was with the Padres. 17 in 2015. Really? Yeah. He had 10 in 2017. That's not not caught stealing? That's actual steals? No, I was actually looking at caught stealing at first. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. One, two, five, four, six, five, four, four. Nope. Stolen bases, 2, 3, 6, 5, 17, 3, 10, 6, 0 this year. I'd be interested, now that you're talking about Melky Cabrera, who, other than Bartolo, who is the longest tenured MLB player right now? It, it can't be... Um, oh, I should know this. Miguel Cabrera? Oh, Zobrist is probably older oh, than yeah, he's- Miggy. Although well, Biggie would have come up, like, came up, obviously he came up in 03. That's what I said. Yeah. That, well, that was my guess. Well, I wonder. My... Yeah. Well, I'm talking, okay. thinking out loud. I'm also distracted by David DeJesus. Right. His, uh, his collar is oh, sticking out of his jacket. About this. Oh. Okay. This will be interesting for the two of us and probably for no one that's listening. Is anyone listening? We should not do this if anyone's listening still. It's too late. Okay. All right. Fuck it. Let's just fuck it. We'll do it live. Um, okay. So, oh, wait. No, this longest tenured player on each team. Okay. Blue Jays, Kevin Pillar. What are you doing? You're going through every team? I'm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I found an article oh. with every team. But this is um, longest Chris tenure Davis. with one team. Oh, Chris Davis. And he's, he's now, he, he's hitless in his last 54 at bats. Does that qualify as a slump? Oh no! Yeah, I think this is just per team. Yeah, it's got to be somebody who's well, changed teams a million times. But Bart yeah. is not in the big leagues right now, so he doesn't count. But it would be him, I think. Who? Oh, Bartolo. 
Okay. I, you know what? I, let's do this. I'm going to make you get, is this fun? Sure. No, this is not fun. <laughs> well, okay, give well, me I a few. I'll see if I can come okay. up with the longest already, tenured player. Okay. I've given you the Blue Jays and the Orioles so far. The Rays. Jesus. Um, the longest tenured Ray. Is it Kevin Kiermeyer? Very good. All right. Uh, Red Sox. Dustin Pedroia. Very good. Yankees. I don't know if this one. It's Gita. Oh, wait. He's not around anymore. Uh, CC? No. Gartman, he has, he has, oops. He has one more year of service than. Savannah. Oh, Brett Gardner. Yeah, my bad. Um, Indians. This will be probably pretty tough. The Indians. He has a very alliterative name. I don't know if you'll get this one. It's been there 10 years. He had Tommy John surgery just ahead of Kipnis and Kluber. I don't think you'll get this one if you, unless you want me to. Carlos Carrasco. Very good. Okay. Uh, Royals, this one should be pretty reachable. Oh, Alex Gordon? Yep. Uh, Tigers, you should obviously get this one. It's um, Jack Morris <laughs> or Miguel Cabrera. It's Cecil Fielder. Um, yes, Miguel Cabrera. The Twins, who the hell? I don't know that I... Twins is Byron Buxton. Three years. <laughs> this guy has seven years with the Twins. I don't think you're going to get this one. I'll just tell you. Kyle Gibson. No, I would not. You could have given me a million guesses. <laughs> I could have started going through the phone book in Minneapolis. <laughs> I wouldn't have got to Kyle I Gibson. I don't think I even know who that is. White Sox. The longest tenured sack. Boy, that can't be very long. Um, oh, is it Jose Abreu? No, it's eight years. It's a reliever. Oh, of course it is. It's probably going to be a tough one, too. One of their many fungible relief pitchers. I don't know that you're. I right. don't know. Nate Jones. No, I would not have guessed that. Angels. This should be an easy one. Is it Trout? Yep. Um, Astros. Oh. Nine years. Jose Altuve. Very good. A's. Oh, that's somebody they picked up this spring. It's the A's. <laughs> no. Eight years. Debuted in late call-up in 2007. Left-hander. Only recently re- – he last pitched for them in 2013 and only recently re-signed on a minor league deal. Oh. I don't know. Well, uh, Miss Mark Mulder. <laughs> it is Jerry Jerry Blevins. Oh, he's an old cub. He got traded for uh, Jason yeah. Kendall. Yep. Oh, I should have probably t- told you that. Um, Mariner should be relatively easy. 15 well, it's years. Not, it's not Ichiro anymore. Um, nope. How many years? 15. That surprises me, but the name is... Oh, it's uh, Felix Hernandez. Yep. Um, Rangers. No, Beltre's gone. Is it Elvis? Yeah, 11 years. <clears throat> Braves. This should, I don't know if this is super surprising, but. And the Barbs. Uh, it's, not, it's not McCann. No, because he, he left, but he's yeah, back. But he's close. 
They should call Chip. Another alliterative. He wouldn't know. <laughs> He's like, oh. Alliterative. Yes. It's not. Uh, oh, I was thinking. No. A lot of a lot would argue that he's one of the better hitters in that one of the more oh, pretty Freeman. Yeah, one of the more underrated hitters. Yeah. Problem is I now that I'm old, all these guys like ah he hasn't been there very long. Is it Dale Murphy? <laughs> so okay. uh, let me just I, I won't uh, you're well maybe you'll get this but for Marlins. I'll give you bonus points if you just get how long how many the seasons. longest serving Marlin. Yeah. It's uh Kyle Baraclaw and it's uh <laughs> Three years. It's five years, and it's Prado. I would never guess that. Yeah. Um, Who's the – the Cub is Rizzo, right? I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet, but it should be, right? Because for the longest time, only him and Starlin were still around from – Yeah. Mets, reliever. Well, is it – Jury's Familia? Very good. Because he left and came back. Yep. Um, Nationals should be relatively easy. Well, I don't know about easy, but is it Strasburg? No, no, they should have somebody longer than that. Yeah, it's they, they they actually keep some of their guys. He's probably one of the faces of the franchise now that um Harper's gone. Is it Anthony Rendon? No, no, yes, you're on the correct side of the infield, I think. Or Trey Turner, no. Oh, so no. <laughs> Never mind. Well, anyway. oh, it's Ryan Zimmerman. Yes, very good. Uh, Phillies. I don't know. It's this one. Bryce Harper. <laughs> is this is this the dumbest thing that we've ever done? No. Remember the time we went through all the free agents? <laughs> this isn't even close. <laughs> okay, good. I feel better. Okay. Um, there was people guessing along at home and yelling at me. Like, no, yes. dumbass. Yeah. They love this stuff. So this a better question would be, can you name the Phillies second baseman? Um, Cesar Hernandez. Very good. I am. You're a much better baseball fan than I am. Oh, you're going to love this. We're at the NL Central and we start with the oh, Brewers. God. The Brewers yep. would be, um, I'd say it like uh, Chris Musso. The Brewers. <laughs> oh, it's Ryan Braun. Yes. And then oh. Captain Valtrex. Cardinals. I can't think of who Very the Cardinals would be. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, catcher, Gary Bennett. Gary he Bennett, the longtime catcher. Underrated player in the game of baseball because of his catch, his pitch framing. Every once in a while, though, I like to get Cardinal fans fired up by wondering, it was, you know, like, well, Cubs need a backup catcher. I wonder if they could get Yachty or Molina. <laughs> it just sends them right off. Um, of course, the Cubs, you were correct. That is Rizzo. That's eight. It's eight seasons. Um, Pirates. Uh, is it Starling Marte? Very good. Reds. Joey Votto. Very good. Uh, D-backs. I don't know about that. Actually, D-back. Well, I guess. Oh, God. It would have been Goldschmidt, but he's yeah. gone. It would have been Pollock, but he's gone. Yeah. This is only six seasons. Yeah. The David Peralta. Very good. Um, they also, it, it's funny you say that because it says the D-backs recently have lost several long-time players, yeah. including Paul. Is Gold. it still young, young Kim? Is he there? Is Rob Brentley still bringing him in? I, 
I know you gave up a crippling home run in the World Series the other day. Well, let's try it again. Oh, shit, you did it again. Patrick it's amazing Corbin. they won that World Series. With that kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah. Patrick, excuse me, Patrick Corbin was the other one they mentioned. Oh, yeah, he's a gnat now. Long time, guys. Um, Dodgers should be relatively obvious, but 12 years. I didn't Clayton? Know. Yep. Um, Giants. Baumgartner, probably. Yeah, 11 years for him. Okay, Padres have never even heard of this guy, but... <laughs> Oh, it's one of their uh, – is it Hunter Renfro? No, he's a starter. Wait, nope, maybe not. He missed all of 2017 after Tommy John surgery. He's only thrown – he's got – this is their longest tenure yeah. player. He's thrown 257 and two-thirds innings for them. Because the only reason he's still there is they can't, they can't get rid of him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, God, I don't know who it would be. They got him from the Rangers on Fed Helps in 2011. No. Robbie Robbie Erlin, no, Jesus, yeah. and then you're making you're making that up, yeah. Um, and then Rockies. This is not a that tough of one, I don't think. It was uh, is it obviously, but it's not. So it's either it can't be Arenado, right? Is it Charlie Blackman? Very good. Yeah, I, I was I couldn't figure out which one of those two. Came up first. Good job. Well, that was. I know my longest tenure. Now let's do the. uh, Let's go to AAA. Let's do those. (laughs) No. Scott Moore for the Cubs. Teams that have stuck with the franchises the longest because they it's like a revolving door. I didn't even get the answer that I wanted for the longest. You can keep talking. I'll figure out who the longest tenured MLB player is. Um. Well, it's probably one of one of those guys had to be. I don't know. I was thinking. Or not. I guess not. I guess it's so so few like Votto guys who only play for one team. Sorry, well, I was thinking one of those guys we named is probably it, but that's probably not it because so few guys actually play their whole career with one team. So I probably did. We probably did not just name him. Right. I don't know. Um. So the Cubs play the Angels this weekend, but Mike Trout is carrying his groin around in a satchel. So I I think he should take the weekend off. Don't you don't want it's cold. You don't want to risk it. So they should uh, not play him. And uh, I don't know who else they actually have. Shohei is not back. He comes back in May. So for all those people who spent big bucks to watch the Angels, you might have been wasting your money. So look at that. Mike got so excited by naming those. Oh, he's back. You, fr- you froze for a minute. I thought you were uh, pausing yes, to do research. I thought you froze. Actually, I'm going to plug myself into the... Excuse me, everyone, for the crotch shot. There we go. Um. Oh, I'm. I don't know how many of the oldest players that I had read through. So, I'm guessing that I didn't. That wasn't actually an internet issue. I, you probably hit the dump button on me. Yes, I did. I was like, all right, that's enough of this shit. <laughs> I want to talk angels, so I did. I, okay, I I will. Let's just do one thing. 
guess which <laughs> on this list of 10 old. <laughs> Uh oh. Should I tell you where he went? Oh, you 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 froze. I didn't hear the uh -oh. first part of that. So I heard of the list of the ten oldest something. Yes. Can you guess which former cub of the ten current? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. This is from twenty eight. So these are the ten the ten players who've played the longest in the big leagues, and one no. of them is a former cub. No, no. It's, it's it's not necessarily longest in the big leagues, but it's oldest players at the beginning of 2018. Oh, all right. And one of them is a former Cub. Yes. I can I could if if you'd like, I could give you where he went or I could give you his position. But give me uh, what you think is the least obvious of the two. Yes, I'm trying to think. Okay. Um former Cub. I guess okay. I'll he's a pitcher. Former Cub, who's a pitcher. Was it Evan Jackson? No. He's Wait, a former I'm, everything. I'm not misremembering this, am I? I'm pretty sure he's a former Cub. All right, so where did he where where did he go when he left the Cubs? Or will that give it away? Wait a minute. I'm making sure he's a former okay, good. He is. Um because I thought it was I, I don't know. Um <clears throat> Is he it Amori Telemaco? He went. Is he still no. around? Good question. No. <laughs> he he went. He uh, went Jose, to Jose the Batista. American League Central. Okay, so he left the Cubs. Well, oh, it's he, Eloy Jimenez. I take it back. He didn't go straight to the American League Central. Oh, God. well, I'm not sure he went straight to the American League Central, but he's at the beginning of 2018. He was in the American League Central. Okay, I can tell you where he went from the Cubs if you prefer that. Yes, that I, okay. Um, I'll get it for this. This will be the clue that I need. He went from the Cubs to the Padres, I think. Hang on, let me get baseball reference here. Andrew Kashner. <laughs> no. Well, he did. Okay. So he's old. He's an old Cub and Padre who's yeah, now yeah. in the AL, in the AL Central. Technically true. See, if people were listening to this live, they could tweet me the answer. Yeah, you jerks. Where's Mike D? He, he would know this. Yes, he, he he's yelling. He's going to listen to this on a recording and yell at the, his. He's probably okay. still. He probably records and puts him on a on a tape and listens to him on a Walkman. So he's yelling at his Walkman yes. on his bike. So he he did go from Cubs to Padres. And now he's in the AL Central. Now he's in the oh shit, nope. At the beginning, to be fair, I did say at the beginning of 2018. He was oh, that's in right. The being last year, he was. So now he's somewhere he's in else. The AL West, specifically Oakland. An old Cub. So since the Cubs, and he was on a playoff team with the Cubs. Since the Cubs, oh, it's Augie Ojeda. <laughs> He's been to San Diego, Miami, Arizona, Minnesota, and now Oakland. And he's a pitcher. He is. He's a relief pitcher? He is. Oh, I should know this. I found him to be very obnoxious when he wasn't pitching for the Cubs, and he wasn't not obnoxious as a Cub. 
Oh, it's Fernando Rodney. Very good. Yeah. You go. Oh, yeah, I couldn't. I would not have found it. Yeah, that's right. I saw him in the one of those one of the two or the fake opening series in Japan. I was like, oh, there's where Fernando. Oh, yeah. That's right. I think the best part of his Cub career was um, the end shooting the arrow. That's against the Cardinals, that's... and the Cardinal fans got me. You, he's only supposed to do it at the end of games. Oh, that's right. The thing he does, <laughs> your talent, you have set the criteria for it, so he's not allowed to do it. Yeah, and like you would have been happier with it had he done it at the end of the game. Yeah, Just shut up. Because he actually left the game with that was uh, he did it in game four when they eliminated the Cardinals, and he he had left somebody on base. And he I was at that game. That was a uh, big a Trev game. came in to help save the day in that game. Yeah, that's right. Big Trev is still an A. Oh, good for him. Yeah. I haven't called him in a while. Maybe the Cubs might need him back now. Yeah. Uh, the bullpen's fixed, though. They looked, uh, they've looked. they been sharp in this series. So nothing to worry about. Good. I'd be surprised if they lose another game. <laughs> so they've they finally won a series. Yes. They finally got the meatloaf that Theo so decried. Didn't want him to get meatloafs anymore. No two out of three. So they they took him seriously. They were getting none and one out of threes. And then apparently he said, okay, fine. You can have a meatloaf once in a while. But, uh, you know, this, everything's magnified since the beginning of the season. You know, if you go four and eight in June, it sucks, but people don't really notice. You do it at the beginning of the year, and it's the apocalypse. Okay. But there was just so much of that phony crap that I didn't. I, Kyle and I talked about this on the first podcast, so let's talk about it again. Um, <laughs> well, no one's listening after what I just did. Anyhow. That's true. I mean, the thing you ex- the thing you didn't expect from the Theo Epstein Cubs is this. You know, oh, we got to play. We got to try harder. We got to play harder. We got must win games. I mean, all that crap. That, you know, they're the smart guys who go, okay, that's all bullshit. If you put together a good, consistent effort, the best teams win the most games. That's all right. we have to do. Exactly. But because they didn't spend any, they didn't have any money to spend in the offseason, all they could do was sit around and navel gaze. And this is what they came up with in the offseason is, oh, we're going to circle 10 games that are must wins. And we're not going to be, we're going to win those Sunday games that we were losing. And all it's, it's like, just, you know, just shut up and go try to find somebody to, you know, try to find somebody on the cheap to pitch out yeah. of the bullpen. And oh, we're not going to let them drink as much beer on the plane. Wow, I think they should drink more. I mean, well, obviously, they... it's like that. Uh, God, I can't even remember what it's from. Um, they're, they're trying to someone's. Oh God, this is going to be the worst thing. Anyhow, <laughs> it's like when you're golfing, and it's like, uh, all right, keep your keep your elbow like keep the the elbow down or your elbow pinned into your side like you're squeezing a one dollar bill, and it's like. And then you shank it, and they're like, "All right, wave your elbow around yeah. for me," and that kind of thing. No, you're right. This was very much a um, a lesson on the course, and they never work. Yeah. And that's kind of what the Cubs were left with this year. Was yeah. well, you're saying we'll take everybody that we've already got, and we'll make them four percent better. And you take that four percent times twenty five players, and, <laughs> and that's a hundred percent better. That's a hundred percent better. And we won ninety five games last year. We're going to win 190 this year because we're 100% better than we were last year. So, um, but even even the way you just said it there, it's like they were, and like, guys, we're, what, 12 games into the season? 
like, I mean, whatever. Well, they started the season two and six. Do you know the last team to go two and six and win the National League pennant? The Dodgers. Last year, yes. So that's how far you have to go back. And the Dodgers are busy crapping. They just got they've lost four games in St. Louis this yeah. week. And I have a feeling there's not a huge panic in L.A. Right. The Red Sox have the same record. Yeah, the Red Sox are, they, are awful. Are they, are they, they, I think they won today, so I think they're five and nine. They're just as bad as the Cubs. Yeah. And I'm sure there's Red Sox fans who are panicking because, you know, you know they, there's – they think it's their – they went from this cursed, tortured fan base to now it's their birthright to right. win every championship in every sport, and they never want to fucking let you forget it. So I think I think one of the things that's that makes it – and if if it makes you guys, you Cubs fans, feel better, like I think one of the things that makes it more frustrating is the little stepkid, little stepbrother brewers are actually a, a fun, good team to watch. And that's annoying. And like, I get that that's annoying, but like, that doesn't really mean, first of all, it doesn't mean that the Cubs are not as good of a team as the Brewers. Um, the Brewers are good and they've improved, but like, it, it's, it's, I, I, I feel like it's more frustrating seeing success out of teams you hate. And the, it sucks looking up at the Cardinals and the Brewers and the Pirates. <laughs> but, um, but like, don't, I don't know. I would just implore you to not let, that those two things shouldn't be tied together. Like the team's frustrating to watch right now. I do think they're still a good team. I do think they'll write the ship. I do think they will figure out the bullpen problems. Um, and, and at least it's easy to point to a very, very glaring problem and like, okay, we got it. And there's going to be times where they're just absolutely not hitting. There's going to be times where they're, they're starting pitching is all shitting the bed. Um, and their starting pitching, other than Lester, basically isn't off to that how to, how to start either. Like it, it runs in peaks and valleys. And I do think at least they have a very obvious. Everyone on the planet knows what their most glaring error is right now. And I think they'll probably try and address it. And if they don't, don't fucking watch them because they don't deserve it. If they if they're, if they're just going to be like, no, this is fine, then don't watch them. So the the Cubs. History of left hand quality left handed starters is so good that Jose Quintana tonight with 11 strikeouts and seven innings and no runs allowed is one of three Cub left handers oh. to ever do that. Do you know who the other two were? Oh, Christ, no. And one of them did it. He both the other two both pitched complete game shutouts, one really? of them pitched 12 innings. He's probably the best. Wasn't Bill Hands left handed? He was, but he's not one of this, but same era. The other guy who's probably the best left-handed starter they ever had from those same Cubs. So that was Ken Holtzman went 12. Oh, Holtzman. Oh, shit. The other guy is still pitching in the big leagues. And he was a Cub during the, um, the end of Dusty into Lou. One of my... One of my least favorite Cubs of all time. Oh, shit. A left-handed starter. And it's not Terry Mulholland. It's not Terry Mulholland. We should come up with a Terry Mulholland fact every week. I love Terry Mulholland. And it's obviously not Lily. Because you, he's your most... If you said he was your least favorite Cub, you wouldn't even be appearing on this podcast. 
He'd be in a ditch somewhere. Um, yeah, you can't. No, not Marquis. No, left-handed. Maybe that was oh, Marquis' yeah, yeah. problem. Did Maybe he should have been left-handed. Didn't he hit left-handed or something? Um, fuck. So, I don't know. Still don't pitching, know. pitching against the Cubs in the playoffs. Oh, Hill. Rich Hill. Ah. And now Jose Quintana joined that. Q was really good tonight. So he's really other. It was amazing how terrible he was in Milwaukee, but I, he yeah. pitched well in Texas too, yeah. in his emergency relief outing. So my mom um, was lamenting him a little bit. I'm like, he's exactly he's pitching exactly like they he's he's going to probably hover. Or I guess my dad was making comments about it. I'm like, he's going to hover probably around a four ERA. He's going to throw 210 innings, and like he's going to take the ball every five days, and he's going to be good. And he. He's gonna wow you with a, a, a you know twelve strikeout start, and then occasionally he'll shit the bed. I, I love what Quintana brings. Like the, I I think nine times out of ten he gives him a chance to to win. And I mean, what the hell else do you expect? So Hayward already has four home runs. He didn't hit his fourth home run till the fifty second game last year, and he only hit eight yeah, all last year. He's halfway there. Um, I harbor no illusions that this is real, but what if it is? What if all of a sudden he's not like last year? He was fairly competent at the yeah, point. he was much better than he had been. It was still not nearly what you want out of a corner outfielder on a pennant contending team. Like, yeah. But what if he is all of a sudden? Um, you know, some of this could be really good, and yeah. it is. In obviously, when they're all hitting. You know, they scored 10 runs, what, five times already? Some ridiculous number like that. And they, they even actually won a couple of them, yeah, yeah, which they, is nice. They squeaked out a couple of wins out of there. I'm, um, my, for the athletic, we had to pick, uh, like the year, the player who it was kind of time to prove it, and then the breakout player. And my prove it player was Schwarber, and my breakout player is, I fear he's never going to break out, is Albert. Uh, um, I just, I just, I don't see it. You know, yeah. He, he's, he changed uh, his stance. He did all that stuff in the spring, but then he still, he never, he doesn't work counts. He doesn't draw walks and he doesn't yeah. have enough power to be a guy who can get away with that. Nor does he have enough speed to be particularly useful anywhere else. No, but I um, think, but now that Victor Caratini is hitting, they could just play Victor in center and not lose anything speed wise. <laughs> And get his bat in the line. They could play Victor in center in full catcher's gear and <laughs> not lose anything. Um, Maybe yeah. Albert ought to be a catcher. Maybe that's his destiny. I'm I'm rooting hard for Albert. Uh, he's a likable guy. He plays his ass off clearly, but he's he's not particularly good uh, at at baseball. It well, Ken matter. Rosenthal had a thing about. And he was saying, you know, this is way too early, but, you know, why not? Let's talk about it. What if the Cubs don't – what if they don't get it together? And you get to July, who could you sell with the idea being you want to do like the Yankees did? Yeah. You sell, but the idea – you're going to contend next year. You're not not entering into this – A fire sale. And he mentioned, like, Strope and Brandon Morrow, but – Shouldn't you take a, lo- a look at? Of course, the problem is they've all depressed their trade value. But right, but the, somebody on that on the core 
needs, if you're going to do that, somebody needs to go. Yeah. I do think they need to, it's like the whole Bull Durham thing. Their kids scare them. Um, the one thing I'll never know, I don't know how anybody would ever know, but I, I, I have this nagging feeling that two year, the two off seasons ago, I think they could have, when you look at what the Brewers gave up to get yelling, I think the Cubs could have, I think Derek, you could have sold Derek Jeter on Albert Almora as a big part of that trade, given that he's from Miami, he's a center fielder, he's 23 or whatever at the time. Uh, I'll never know that they didn't do that, but if they didn't, it just makes me want to kill myself. (laughs) Well, you can't block Addison's return, though. See, I wondered if maybe this whole start to the season is on purpose. All right, guys, let's tank. Let's be awful. Let's let's distract from, you know, Addison comes back, and people won't even notice it. They'll be too busy bitching about everything else. Oh, the bullpen sucks. Oh, this sucks. Watching. Oh, that's right. Now the now the wife beater is a shortstop. I think it's all just a it's it's a grand plan. Yeah. To look to squash expectations so much. Or and on May 1st, you can slide Addison in the lineup and nobody cares. Or and then you start winning, and then people are just used to him being there. Or on the flip side, same strategy, you're tanking. Addison comes back, everybody stops tanking, and they're like, oh my God, look what Addison brought to this team. Look yep. what a great guy he is. Um Yeah, well, maybe they won't maybe they'll be mathematically eliminated by May 1st. I I don't know what to think about the ridiculous David Bodie contract. <laughs> I, forgot about, I forgot about that. I just you're so mad about this. You're right though. I'm, Why? I'm not it's I'm not mad because I don't I like David Bodie. Sure. I hope he's good. I just didn't see any reason for it. Sure. Who were you possibly it, to me that's like the Cardinals last year get all of a sudden deciding they're gonna make Mike Schilt the manager. Right. Like, oh, we got to lock him down. Why? Who was going to yeah, come steal yeah. him from you? Right. You know, you could do it at the end of the season. To me, that was the same thing with Bodie. Yeah. And it was almost like, all right, this guy won't, this guy will resign for cheap. And then we go, look, we're still extending players. But I mean, he's a, he's still a fair bet to not, to not be a big leaguer next year or yeah. two years from now. Well, but you're going to pay him $15 million right. over the next five years, or it's probably longer than that, six years. What's amazing is, Watching a fullback play second base <laughs> is my favorite part of the David Bodie era. So but you're absolutely And right. he gets like, to play shortstop once in a while too, which is like, even better. If the Cubs were like, hey, we're not gonna we're basically not gonna spend any offseason money for outside of our guys, and this year they're like, Oh, but we locked Bryant up to a seven year contract. Yeah, you'd be, I'd be like, I'd be at it. You would immediately forgive them. You would you would even if it wasn't, you would think, Oh, see, that was the plan. Right. They couldn't commit right. all that money. They're going to take their MVP and they're going to make sure he's around for a long. Or they could do the same thing with Javi. Yeah, but exactly. But you know they've gone to those guys and they're getting no's and they got all the way down the list. They got all the way down to Bodie. They got to like number thirty-seven on the list, and he's like, "Okay, I'll take it." Yeah, I would say with this administration or this organization, the way they're being right now, they actually they got to Bodie and they were actually going alphabetically. (laughs) That's true. Um, but they still so he got it because he got it. Then Bryant won't get it because they already spent the money. <laughs> exactly. But Damn they it. did ask Baez at least. But um, 
but yeah, that, that was, that was, um, definitely inexplicable. Well, I mean, you could put your conspiracy hat on and go, okay, does this mean he's going to, like, I'm joking when I do the whole 2.8 years and Chris Bryant's gone, but I, I, I might not be joking. I don't, I, why would is it, think? do we, is, is, should we, we gotta get Bodie locked up. Cause maybe this frees us up. Then a year from now we could trade Chris Bryant. If we know he's not going to stick around, we can get this big haul for him. Although he's going to have to hit once in a while, which he will. He's Chris Bryant. Yeah, he will. But I think it's, I don't think it's the Bryant thing as much. I think it was somehow a hedge against Russell and the idea that, yeah. okay, if, if we're just going to have to dump this guy, Javi's going to become our regular sure. shortstop. That makes Bodie more important. Yeah. Because he's going to have to, he, you, I think eventually, especially a year from now when Zobris gone, Bodie and Descalso are what you've got at second base. Right. But Unless again, the great Nico Horner comes up and but, then. But again, Dolan, like, shouldn't, like, if Bodie, all, if Bodie started this season, like Hayward started this season, and you're like, oh, God, this guy actually might be legit. Then and, and I still wouldn't do it. Even if you did, you don't. They didn't need. It didn't. It doesn't make any sense. Right. I know. Because I know. he has no leverage <laughs> at all, and they're just giving him money to give him money. I think. Yeah. Obviously, he's got photos. Maybe and he, you know, he knows he's skilled at the art of compromise. And he's like Theo. <laughs> <laughs> you here? You were out with the gorilla head on and segment. nothing else. Um. Maybe. Maybe they. This they knew that they needed to actually get some more expenses on the book so they could balance out their taxes evenly. So they wouldn't. Well, it did happen right before tax time. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's a red flag. Yeah. They needed another deduction. They wanted to be able to, now they can claim Bodie as a dependent. Exactly. Oh, it all makes sense now. So what can, but it would be like if they, congratulations to him because it's, yeah, it's no different than if tomorrow they have a press conference and go, guys, we signed Alan Webster to a six-year contract. <laughs> I had a buddy out of college who, um, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think he was a great student in college, um, and he just straight up, he applied to Motorola and just straight up, I probably should not keep giving. Anyhow, he doesn't. He's not a Cup fan, um, and he would probably be proud of this. He just kind of straight up lied to Motorola about his like projects he had done and all this, this stuff and they hired him and he was very good at that job later on, but like totally bluffed his way into <laughs> the job and then made a very good career out of that. Because like, once you get that first one, you're good. So maybe that's what Bodie's. Well, yeah, I think Bodie's thing was Bodie pretended that his dad was like a famous <laughs> high school baseball coach. It's not. His dad is a, his dad's a shipbuilder in Trinidad and Tobago. Bodie McBoatface? Yeah. And put Bodie McCant hit a curveball, but that didn't quite it didn't quite go as well. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I want him to be good. I really do. Sure. I, there's no reason not to think that, but I just don't I, 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 my dying day, I won't understand what they accomplished <laughs> no, it was, by it, doing it. I don't other care. than giving him money. He could he honestly, Dolan though, could turn into a Hall of Famer. And it still wouldn't really make sense for the <laughs> no. Like, been like Jesus, think how think how cheap we could have been paying this guy during these years, but we gave him a raise for you no know, reason. You know what this is? This will if if Bodie if Bodie hits like if this is like a it, I mean and I mean hits like a jack like a slot machine hitting. This will be like when Tommy Lasorda bragged every fucking time he drafted Mike Piazza. Yeah. 
1200 in the draft and he's like oh oh and like did it for a favor and then took all the credit for that guy's hall of fame career it's that that will be what they do like you can't you can't retroactively claim shit like that because you can't tell me david bowie <laughs> david bowie really is the type of guy that you want to build a friend well not that you're spending franchise money around it but but you're right no one was knocking on david bowie's door begging them to come play for it well, if you're if you're worried about the bullpen, um, BC tweeted something to me that I wouldn't have known. I hadn't seen it yet, but there's really good news because uh, Brian Dunsing is pitching for the Iowa Cubs. Okay, so he's only a phone call away. Okay, Ooh. there's another guy that that you knew that was like they had ca- they had caught lightning in a bottle with him. And you thought, okay, good. Now you got that year out of it. You got to go find next year's Brian Dunsing. Right. And right. they're like, this is next year's Brian Dunsing. Like, no, it's not. No, this is last I mean, year's I, Brian Dunsing, one year older. I mean, obviously, Theo and Jed know what they're doing. They built the team that won the World Series. Sure. But they've done stuff that I didn't think they – I never thought I'd have to worry that they would do it. To yeah. me, the Hayward thing was, hey, this guy's pretty good. Let's pay him like a superstar, and he'll become a superstar. Yeah. That's that's complete Jim Hendry logic. Yeah, they did it. Like he's twenty; he's only twenty six. That's a, sorry. Like, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, look look at his numbers. They're all going in the wrong direction, and he literally only had one good playoff series ever, and it was against them. And yeah. they're like, "Oh, look at this guy. He knows he's great." That's and kind they, of, that's kind of Soriano, like. And don't get me wrong; I think Soriano got. Well, yeah, that was. He hey, we need to sign somebody, right? And. They offered him money, and Alfonso like, I'll take it. Yeah. And that's how they got it. There was no strategy behind that other than they wanted to sell the team and they wanted to add a big name. But I just mean like in the paying him the – because Soriano was was a good – and frankly, was a better player than Hayward was when they they, he signed with the Cubs probably or had a better track, better resume, I guess. But like – I don't think Soriano ever deserved super superstar money that he got with with what he was, and and I liked Soriano, but um, but yeah, it's that kind of that kind of mentality, yeah. You're right? And it's kind of been that way with the. I was I was surprised because they hadn't done anything like that when they sent Hap to the minors. I thought. It was the right. He was he was terrible in the spring. He'd been terrible at yeah. long stretches last year. He was awful in the spring. He needed to go to Iowa. He's got stuff straightened out. But I feel like they have created a stigma of sending young hitters down. You know, they were so reluctant to do it with Schwarber in 2017. Here was a guy who'd missed almost all of 2016, except for his miraculous return in the World right. Series, and that was terrible. The fact that he was struggling shouldn't have surprised anybody, right? He'd never spent a full year in the big leagues yet, but and they all, kept him. He was lost you know, all that's weight. <laughs> well, he was still no. It was before. Oh that. no, that was he that was still was, he was big. That, Kyle that, still That's right. But they, you just it was painful. You we're watching him flounder, yeah. and it's like you haven't used any of. He has options. Yeah, send him to Iowa, and they took. They would not do it. They didn't do it till you know he was terrible like by the middle of may he was sitting in the 150s yeah and they didn't send him until the middle of june they finally sent him to iowa and um you know like the, albert last year really he never had to go back to iowa to learn how to you know Hit. you know get back to hitting the ball the other way maybe work on i don't know hitting right-handed pitching well, i don't know what they think they're 
this doesn't seem like a, the front office that should go. Well, our big league instru- our big league coaches will instruct this. This is not the place to learn how to do this shit. That's why you have the minor leagues. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think the the idea of like coaches actually coaching is so right. funny to me at the major league level. It's like, what are you? Yeah, you're supposed to be. Thing? You're supposed to be pretty much a finished product when right, you come exactly. up. Exactly. And then you don't have to be completely. There's obviously things you can improve on. Exactly. Like I think example, they. I think they were so. They love to brag about how all their first round picks were in the big leagues. Yeah. That they were looking at them all struggling right. and they didn't want to admit that they had to send them back. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of troubling, really, that <clears throat> these guys blow through the minors. They get up to the big leagues, they 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 produce right away, but then they all, except for Bryant, he was only right. ever regressed because of injury, they yeah. all start to backslide. The only guy who had a normal development out of this group was Hobby. Hobby. Right. And it's like, yeah. holy shit, look how good he is. Yeah. He's the only one they let slowly work his way up through. They even did it with Addis with Russell. Yeah. Honestly, right. they brought him up too early when yeah. they brought him up in 2015. He yeah. wasn't ready. Terrible. Yeah. And then they couldn't figure out for the longest time that you know, well, he's our shortstop of the future, and Starlin is kicking the ball all over the park. They, it took them forever to swap them, yeah. and then they just did it overnight one night. They made Starlin sit on the bench for three days, and then they made him second baseman. Yep. But it's just, you know, for all of the really good things they've done, they just seem to, a lot of the things they do just seems like they're being stubborn about it instead of strategic. And I thought the whole idea was, you know, you're going to get this next level thinking. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, maybe their dietitian and sports psychology, sports psychology, those two would suggest sending those guys down. They'd be, oh, you know, we should do that. But I mean, I don't think they've killed anybody's development. But I, I can't help but think Albert in particular would be better had he actually had to go back and. I mean, I know they famously they sent him down in twenty sixteen, right? They sent him down the day he got married. Oh, that's right. <laughs> like on an off day, he's like, "Hey, I got married." Oh, good. You're well. Then you and your wife right. will enjoy your we're honeymoon sorry. in Des Moines. <laughs> uh, the, on your way by, stop and see the biggest ball of twine. <laughs> Albert, and, uh, can, I, can I talk to you for a second over here? <laughs> um. All right, Dolan. It's this is our latest podcast. Yeah, we've we bludgeoned this podcast yeah. to death. Sorry about sorry about that. Just think, though, folks, if you. Along. But if they, you somehow made it to the end and you liked this or parts of this, welcome. They've all the other ones have been better. So, you know, next week will be even better. And I think Kyle's supposed to be back next week. So, for the first time, we'll actually have the entire podcast team together. Team, eh? Yeah, what a team. Well, thanks, Sweden. We love you out there. Well, the Swedes love, they love David Bodie. So, they're going to be very happy. Yeah, Bodie. Bodie probably has the O with the slash through it and the two dots over it. That's probably why. That's probably why we're getting why they're subscribing. Bodie. It's probably a curse word in Swedish. <laughs> it's a sex act. <laughs> so we'll just say it even more often. It, it was when he hit that walk off grand slam. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. All right, Andy. Dole. All right. We didn't even introduce ourselves this time. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Doesn't that. matter. When I said your full name, who cares? All right. All right. Bye. All right. We'll be we'll do better next week. No, we won't. No, probably not.